When you and your spouse are going through a challenging time, um, there are kind of two rivers that can go uh, out of that situation. You can go down the river of drifting apart or a river that kind of circles around and helps you grow closer. And the key is learning how to respond well and which direction you really want to take. I'm John Fuller in the studio here with Greg Smalley and his wife Erin, who lead the marriage department here at Focus, and they have a passion for helping couples. And last time we heard from Jeff and Sarah Walton. Uh, Now, Sarah was diagnosed with Lyme's disease, and sadly, her kids got it as well. And the couple shared with Jim Daly about their journey and what happened after getting that difficult news that really rocked their family. Jeff, in that regard, I mean, expectations, uh, you know, we've heard from Sarah what that looked like. But for you, I mean, you're working hard. You've got this demanding job. Uh, Sarah's alluded to that, the hours that it required of you. Most of us men say, okay, we're providing. That's our main thing. And you should be speaking to your spouse. You should be pleased that I'm able to put food on the table and take care of the mortgage. And this is the number one demand of me. Some people might feel that's old fashioned, but there's a lot of us in the Christian community that operate that way because we believe a parent should be at home with young kids particularly. So as that husband, that father, you probably thought, hey, I'm doing all I can do, but don't let me put words in your mouth. No, that is uh, from the standpoint of the job that I had. So I was a trauma consultant, um, as as John had mentioned, orthopedic trauma. So on call 24-7, and it's a very demanding job. Uh, I think the first half of that time, I was in that for about nine years. The first part of that was more tolerable. And then once we started having kids, uh, the increase in the demand of that just became more of a challenge and then with our oldest son that we do have some extra challenges uh, mental health and special needs with him continued to evolve and create tension and stress and so all during those times I was continuing to try and be faithful hard worker providing for our family thought I was doing the noble thing of continuing to go and doctors would call and I I had to be there and so this tension of if I was not there business would be lost. Loyalty was very on a, on a thin thread between doctors being quick to change over to another vendor. Yeah, I'd say demanding doctors. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. fair. I yeah. mean, they, they've got pressure too. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, that's the reality of that profession. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And so I think from that standpoint, that is an area that we didn't really communicate well. I think internalizing, I thought, okay, I am providing for my family. I'm continuing to to work hard and I'm trying to do the noble thing. There were a lot of instances or a handful of instances, I would say, because of our home life, the challenges with our oldest son, uh, things that became verbal and behavior and destructive kind of in our home put Sarah in a tough position. And so at the core of it, it was starting to wrestle with, I think, subtly the fear of man. And so do I, what would it take for me to, to say no to a doctor when Sarah was crying out? Hmm. And that was something that I wrestled with often. Um, you know, I think it was easier, kind of a tug and pull. On one end, I was able to get out of the house, catch my breath and try and transition, compartmentalize and, and go do work. And then I come back and then it's entering into chaos. And how do I enter back in? How do we get back on the same path? and the same track. And that was hard for us as well, because Sarah had just been for the last six hours 
dealing with the brunt of everything and trying to raise kids, our other three kids on top of our oldest. And so that, I think, broke down a lot of walls of communication first and then the trust and then building, you know, just the feelings of loneliness on her side. Resentment a little bit for... What is it going to take for Jeff to to stay home and and be here for me? Um, So that's one of the things that you know, it's a case-by-case scenario for all men and, and women that are working, and if that decision needs to be made for their spouse on when is it okay to put the family first. And in our scenario, and this is just in our, that situation, uh, the extreme that we faced, uh, Sarah was waving the white flag a couple times, and I walked out on her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it still just eats at me because I know that... Uh, in hindsight, I should have stayed, but it was the fear of man. It was the fear of what doctors would think. It was the fear of, boy, I'm going to lose a chunk of my income if he switches over to someone else and doesn't use me. And so it's, I think there's probably hopefully a lot of listeners that can relate just between the work balance and the family balance. Those are, those are kind of very difficult almost impossible choices. Yeah. It was a loose loose between a rock and a hard place. Correct. I mean, I I want to be a bit gentle with that. We're Mm -hmm. a family ministry. And of course I would say, yes, listen to your wife. Yep. But that's tough in the moment. Mm -hmm. And you don't always have 2020 wisdom in that moment. And you're trying to, you know, weigh these outcomes. So I want to be sensitive to that. I think the one interesting part with that is if I would say my son broke his leg, he's in the ER. A doctor could relate to that and say, probably give me more grace. But when I can't share what has gone on in our home to a doctor, they're not going to be able to understand. And, and if it's just simply, I need to be home for my wife, you say, well, I, I need to be too. Yeah. And so that's, I think, where the uniqueness of not being able to relate or share really what was going on. Jeff and Sarah Walton certainly have endured and come through so very much. And uh, Aaron, in your counseling practice, I know you've encouraged so many couples to stay together even when they feel like this is a catastrophic event and there's no way we can stay together. So what's your perspective on that kind of a situation? I often will encourage couples, A, you're in the, in the midst of grief, individually and so a show up and take care of your heart and because when amidst something so traumatic and difficult often we're not thinking clearly we're truly in fight or flight and so it's it's taking time just to step back and go okay I'm not going to make any decisions about the marriage right now my job right now is to show up for me and just to take time to do that and to grieve however you need to grieve but then you know, as you are grieving, you know, to make sure that you're checking in with your spouse, but I would not make a permanent decision about my marriage when my heart isn't fully alive and connected to the source of life. And I would just say, slow it down. You have a covenant agreement here and, you know, there's no rush. It's not a sprint to exit the marriage. And I think for so many couples, what's What's happening is that we, we, we grieve so differently and that that's an automatic disconnector. And what can happen is that it really can create a, a drift to where it, it's confusing. Now they're not only grieving, they're sensing a, 
a barrier, a wall, there, there, a distance between them. What does that mean? It just, it's helpful just to remind each other that we each have our own individual unique grief journey. And that's why, Aaron, I love what you're saying. Come back. You've got to have those moments where you are grieving together without having to try to fix or change or almost, let me say it this way, almost encourage each other. The temptation is, I remember when a few podcast episodes ago, we were talking about our our oldest daughter, Taylor, and when she went through her divorce. And I remember feeling so dejected, so failed. Mm. I'm in the marriage ministry you know, business. And if anyone should have been able to help their kids, I should have been able to help them, should have seen things. And, and there were plenty of times where I just felt like just giving up, like, and I, I get the spiritual warfare part of that. So, I mean, I, I understood in my brain what was going on, but man, did I feel so discouraged. And when I have those moments, and Aaron, you can decide if this is true or not, I know that it can be hard on you. When, when you see me really depressed, you know, I, typically I'm pretty even killed, you know, feel like a, a, a rock. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I have emotion and I'll cry, but, but it, it seemed like I know that that was freaking you out a little bit, mm-hmm. seeing me there. But mm-hmm. what, but honestly, you, you didn't ever try to talk me out of how I was feeling and well, Hey, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. And, and we're going to get through this. And you just, you just kind of let me be in that place mm-hmm. of just feeling mm-hmm. that way. And that, that was very connecting. Mm-hmm. And, and so I don't know if there's an encouragement in there for, you know, another spouse, when you see your spouse grieving in here, the temptation is to fix and offer all this positive support when really, man, I just, I just wanted you to be present. You didn't have to say anything. Mm-hmm. And of course, walking through that, we both were so shattered and hurting so much that when I would see you hurting, I was like, oh, I get it. Like, I understand. And there's something so powerful about the gift of empathy and yeah. stepping into the other person's shoes. It wasn't hard for me to do that because I was experiencing the same thing. And we both granted our processes look different but we were both grieving. And then we were able to come together often when we were laying in bed eating our cinnamon gummy bears, <laughs> we would check in and say, you know, hey, how are you doing today? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the what's coming, you know, front and center for you? And, you know, there's so many things that couples are going to go through and it's going to have an impact on the marriage. I've been doing a, a bunch of uh, radio interviews for focus on the impact of miscarriage on a marriage. And, I was shocked to learn that 22% of those who go through miscarriage end up divorcing. Hmm. So 22% of those that are impacted end up divorcing. And it's, you know, much the same way, you know, all of these different losses and difficult circumstances impact the marriage. And so it's going, what do we do to both grieve individually, show up and care for our own hearts, but then come together and check in and, you know, really care about each other's hearts. Right. All while eating a package of cinnamon. Cinnamon gummy bears. And that's right. <laughs> we brought that up a few episodes ago. <laughs> so go back and listen to the archives if you want to know about that. So I, I so appreciate your um, transparency. And you're, you've really modeled for us, as the Waltons have, how to deal with these stressors that could tear a marriage apart. 
And if you're struggling with the differences in how you grieve, I mean, Dina and I have gone through a series of, of grief processes uh, this past year. Um, we've had to come to the point of saying, I am so sorry, and just an embrace, nothing more than that. Just we're, we're processing different, but it's okay. We're together in that. Uh, if you're looking for ways to even verbalize that and, and to show your support, get a copy of the book from Jeff and Sarah Walton. Uh, they have really chronicled some of the life lessons they've learned and great uh, encouragement for you. Together Through the Storms. It's a terrific little book. Uh, we have it here, and we'd be happy to send a copy to you when you make a generous contribution of any amount to support this podcast. Uh, we're listener-supported, and your donations uh, make future episodes possible. So please donate as you can, and we'll say thank you by sending a copy of the book to you. Certainly, if you're in a spot where you can't even approach your spouse about this topic of, of stress and grief, maybe there's something else going on, please know we're here to help. Uh, donors have made it possible for Focus to offer a free phone consultation to you with one of our caring Christian counselors. Uh, they can provide a referral to someone in your local area if you need ongoing help, and they're a phone call away. 800, the letter A, and the word family. 800, the letter A, and the word family. And of course, all the details are in the show notes. Next time, we'll hear about common sexual struggles in marriage. We'll have Gary Thomas and Deborah Faleta. And for now, on behalf of Aaron and Greg Smalley and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. <music>